And now, live from StarWorldWideNetworks.com, welcome to Marketing Money Mindset, bringing you interesting true stories on how clever marketing ideas create money opportunities with a conscious mindset producing impact and success. Together, lover of marketing Elisa Sparks Lane from the Ellen Sparks Agency and certified professional photographer and official photographer of the Phoenix Open, Everardo Kimi, share their experiences on how success is so much more than creating cash flow. True success comes when you nurture your business, body, and brain in order to get the most out of your business and in life. Join the dynamic duo on our journey to success. Ready? Set. Listen. Good morning. Wow, you're ready. <laughs> well, I just got done watching Coco the other day, so it kind of got me in the mood for that. Oh. Have you seen that movie yet? No. It's really cute. Is it? Yeah. With new, the kids? Uh, new Disney movie. You take the kids out. Um, I'll admit, like going to the movie theater with a three-year-old and a five-year-old, not always on the top of my list right there, <laughs> uh, but they did fine. They were good. Did they like the movie? Yeah, they thought it was cute. It yeah. also helped that they were a little tired. So did anyone fall asleep? Uh, about to. The three year old almost almost did. Nice. But it was a, it was a cute movie. So did Red um, go too? Yeah, we all went. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't think. I think Red trusts me fine to to take the kids by myself. I think she's more worried about me. <laughs> Let's call and her. What the kids Let's call do? Her yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's well. Even then, there's been a couple of times where she's like, "Hey, just watch them real quick." I'm like, "Yeah, they're fine. Like, I have enough duct tape. They're they'll oh, be fine." Oh, that's cruel. <laughs> like the little rascals. They are a little, like but that. they're fun. Mm. So cool. Today we have um, some special guests that talk really, really fast. Yes. And I have been, been practicing? super excited about this because it's just fun to listen to him. But all around, like, Bobby's a great guy. So, I mean, that's part of the fun thing about well, the show, okay, too, so is when Aaron's we actually have, New like, York, really though. cool people in there. Aaron's from New York. So that, like... Well, and that's why I knew you two would get along. Oh, right? I was all excited when I saw that. I'm like, oh, fast talker. That's New York. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, welcome to the show. Yeah. All right. So New York, really? Like you born and raised? Yeah. From New York. Um, ironically enough, New York auctioneers tend to be slower than the rest of the country. It has something to do with our normal cadence that we, um, speak fast. So then we auction slow, but I am, uh, not that I do it all fast. <laughs> Good speak to Speak fast, auction <laughs> slow. Okay. Do you think it's because we think more? I think New it's Yorkers? because like in the Midwest or the South or like other auctioneers that talk really slow, they um, are really into gospel music and singing. And so their singing becomes this like really fast auction chanting where uh, in New York, we have a lot of the English style auctioneering. So it's a little bit different. Hmm. And uh, yeah. When did you get started? Um, I'm a third generation auctioneer. Whoa. So my Wait, the style, like English style versus Western style? Uh, American versus English. Okay. Yeah, um, there's other, I mean, there's other countries, obviously. There's Japanese auctioneering, too. Um, but no, English style is like kind of that, um, you know, what you'd see in like a Christie's or Sotheby's that like one million wear and any advance on that kind of style. Like they're just, they try to be a little bit more prim and proper and boring. Elegance. All of that. Okay. <laughs> um, and but then in the American style, you've got, you know, more, I don't know, more that what we always joke around about is more of a cattle cut. Cattle style. So what I was does hoping that for hip sound like now? Well, which which style do you prefer? Oh, totally American style. Okay. I mean, yeah, just because it's it's exciting, it's fun, it's fast, it's what you expect, I guess, or we we want to expect. Wait a minute, hold on. I don't know if they even know what to expect. Yeah, I especially think we, with a female auctioneer from New York. So wait, can we get a sample? I think we yeah. kind of need like, a demo. Yeah. Like we need like we A auction? versus B. Let's auction Ed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so we're gonna auction off this this. Whoa, whoa we gotta open up the phone line. Hold, <laughs> yeah. on. Hold on, I can Skype someone here. We're gonna have bids coming. All right, what, what fun <laughs> what fundraiser can we help? <laughs> yeah, the man behind the curtain. Hold on, right. I got a dollar. I got a dollar. There you go. <laughs> One dollar, two dollar, two dollar, three dollar, three dollar, three dollar, three dollar, four 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 dollar, and then English style then would be? Okay. I have one million dollars. Any advance? Is there any advance? At two million now? Any I was hoping Bobby would take that. <laughs> oh, no, I do not even attempt yeah. that because oh. I'm, a, I'm a bit different now, you know, being a world champion auctioneer. I have over 10,000 hours of microphone experience, like being behind a microphone for 10,000 hours. There's not many auctioneers in the world that can say that, and I'm one that's been able to do that. So, so you've mastered it. I would Yes, I would say that I have mastered the craft and have become to the level that I now coach and I educate and I teach other auctioneers or people that aspire to be auctioneers on how to do exactly that. He's I got the ring that. to prove it, too. I do, I'm yes. looking for a ring. Yeah. I, it's in the safe. I, uh, I, it comes out on special occasions. Today would have been a good day. It, it would have been. However, we were actually... Uh, we, we Our auction adventure started... On Friday, when I picked Aaron up at the airport, and then we did two auctions on Saturday. Uh, we did a brunch for the Aunt Rita's Foundation, the Big Red Brunch. And then on Saturday night, we did the Banner Health Foundation, the Night for Sight, at the Mauna Lucia. And then the last two days, we were actually in an education course uh, with our mentor, Kathy Kingston, who literally wrote the book on fundraising auctions. And 16 other auctioneers, we were all together in a room at the Scottsdale Plaza learning on how to do fundraising events better so it like literally we haven't even stepped foot in my house so when we got the word we're coming to the show the poor ring was in this in the, is in the safe so uh, next time next time for next sure time. but yeah. even like in their regular speaking like you can kind of pick up on it so as we're walking into the studio this morning we bump into dave and i love dave i and, yeah, and, and me and these my. two like lock eyes there's like butterflies <laughs> going off like dude Dude, how you been? Yeah, they just, you know, they go way back on well, it. Well, we did an event a few weeks ago, and Aaron was actually there for the Boys and Girls Club, and Dave was the MC, and we were the auctioneers. And and I've known, I mean, it's funny is that Dave was one of my mentors as I grew up in high school listening to Dave. So a lot of what my personality is and my comedy is behind the microphone was directly influenced by Dave Pratt. So to be to share the stage with him and to be like, man, I, like so much of what I do comes from what he did. And then for us to do that together, I mean, magic happened uh, at that at that night of the Boys and Girls Club events. It was great. So a lot of bromance. The, uh, the bromance. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aaron's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he went home to find his T-shirt immediately. Oh. Yeah. I had my red card, had my red shirt. I mean, it just like total flashback. It was crazy. And I actually have a picture my mom sent me of me and my brothers all wearing our rollerblades and our red shirts. It was, yeah, from That's yeah, cool. So good. Uh, Wait, rollerblades or roller skates? Rollerblades. Oh. We, okay. were the, we were those rollerblader kids okay. in high school, yeah. I was too. That's actually how I got to school. Like, most of the time, I did the Marty McFly thing, like, latch onto the back of a car. Yeah. And then have a car would, like, I'd latch onto certain cars along the way, and this one would take me down Baltimore, and this one would take me down Lake Not Lakeshore, dangerous at all, yeah. And that's how I'd get to school. <laughs> Great. And but it was awesome, because, like, you could wake up, throw your blades on, like, a couple clips clicks to it you know just like regular ski bindings or whatever and then boom you're in school in five ten minutes like it was pretty awesome yeah. before the day of texting and driving yeah i had a truck but it was actually faster for me to rollerblade to school than actually drive myself that's right have you have you guys seen those those one wheel things the the electronic skateboard kind of things 
You have, okay, so you got to check like these the out. It's like the one thing? Yeah, it is. Okay. So I yeah. bought one of those. And it's changed my transportation style. Like if I want to go to the dry cleaner, I want to go to the store, I hop on this thing and I zoom there. It's great. I actually rode wow. it to Thanksgiving. And it was quicker to me to get for me to get to my mom's house on my one wheel than it was driving. It was crazy. It was but, just yeah. Aaron, what do you think though? Oh, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Do you have one as well? Uh, no, I don't. I normal skateboard for me, but um, it's super fun today. And part of our like, we've really been running nonstop doing these auctions. And so he's like running. To, he's like, I'm just gonna load up the car here. And I turn around. He's got like two suitcases on his board as he's like cruising down to the park to get the car and i'm like oh in like a suit yeah yeah it's fast it's efficiency is what it is might be marty mcfly okay (laughs) (laughs) actually i could kind of see that like let's throw an orange vest on you and and do that 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 was actually going to be my halloween costume i was going to ride the hoverboard with the marty mcfly outfit and i could see it yeah Yeah. well an interesting thing so wasn't this year the year that he had gone to the future like October or something or other. It was, was not this year. Ed shaking his head. No, it Ed was knows. last year. 2015. 20, oh wow. Okay, boy, we are seriously old now. A little off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Oh my god. But I was looking for the flying car. But then that year, some company did do like a special edition of the shoe that he had. Yep. Yeah. Nike. Uh, yeah, so Nike did the cool. shoe. <laughs> so for sure. Now I got to go find one of those. Right on. Well, two ideally, but I guess depends on how you ride the hoverboard. That's right. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have to go back a little bit because Aaron said three generations. Yeah. And we kind of like lost track on that. But yeah. Uh, what? No, so my grandfather is an auctioneer. He kind of fell into it, I would say, um, kind of got pushed around. And so, um, and then my mother, he said, you know, we're going to send you to auction school. And so my mom went to auction school. My mom is actually an international champion auctioneer. Jill Which Doherty. I'm, I'm a world champion auctioneer, but then there's the international auctioneer's mm-hmm. championship. This is like one level above that. Oh. Yeah, there's so a bunch of level different up. types. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Like, there's there's all these different competitions. There's a livestock auction competition. There's an auto auctioneer competition. There's the international competition. Like, there's different levels. So what's really neat, and a lot of people don't know, is we talked about, like, the English and the American style. Um, a lot of people don't realize that, that each auctioneer is kind of a specialty, specialist. Like, there's so many types of auctions that happen all the time. Well, again, livestock, auto auctions. Uh, there's, I mean, real estate auctions. There's yeah. uh, pots and pans auctions. And then what Bachelor. we... S- Bachelor auctions. Yeah, my mom used to do them like way back in the oh, 80s. Yeah. But my mom was like an equipment auctioneer. She did like municipal equipment. Uh, my grandfather did restaurant equipment because each auctioneer has to specialize in what they're selling. They become like the ultimate salesperson for that item. Like a photographer or a marketer, you so have your niche. Your, your niche. Yeah, and then Aaron and I, we specialize in fundraising events and fundraising auctions. Right, so it's a very different knowledge. So we're not talking about whatever, describing the type of car. We have to know an organization and know their mission and know what they are and sell them through items. So it's a little bit different than, you know, so yeah, you get the the background cadence of the auctioneer chant, but when you get down to it, you're selling something and you need to figure that out. So for us, we work for just the nonprofits and we have to really work talking about mission, talking about what we're raising money for. So you're doing a lot of work behind the scenes too, where actually, you know, knowing the organization, knowing what's do you know every piece that's being auctioned? Well, that's a bit of what we come in and we're able to help the organizations is is we do know all the pieces that are that are auctions, but what's most important about is the mission because we're there to help with mission-based fundraising because then when the audience is there, they understand, okay, this is why we're here. We're here to help the Boys and Girls Club. We're here to help Banner. We're here to help Aunt Rita's, whatever that might be. Well, and I got to see you at K2, so there yeah. was definitely a feeling that you have when you're out there. I mean, definitely. you... I mean, the stories that they were saying beforehand and like just engaging with that was just really powerful. And then you come in and you're just like, 
how do you not be a part of this? And it was almost like, yeah. Well, and what was really cool about that event and all the events that we that we work with in the auction, you know, we might have five items or 10 items or whatnot. And those people that purchase that are the ones that get to make the donations. But remember, at the end of the night, when we asked everybody to raise their paddles to give, yes. that's that's what we really are focusing on now and, and evolving our industry into. That's the most important part, because everybody then has a chance to give mm-hmm. at a level that's meaningful for them. To be able to and to, works to for them and it works yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. some people can give wanna, ten thousand yeah. some people give a hundred and it's still making a difference that's absolutely yeah. right but it's amazing to see the dynamic and feel the dynamic in a room with the different auctioneers right yes. and so as I've gone to different events and I you know get to photograph them it's amazing to see how big of a difference I mean the same exact event even from year to year when they actually change auctioneer style I mean it it'll increase the the donation levels by three sometimes four or more. Just because of that energy that's created in there by having the right auction there who knows their stuff, like Aaron was saying. So well, I think, yeah, there's a lot of people that get into benefits. And, and I was saying my mom used to do bachelor auctions. My mom is an equipment auctioneer, and so that was what her specialty was. She could tell you anything about a dump truck or a front-end loader inside and out. But she would also do fundraising on the side because people would be like, hey, you're pretty fun. You should come to my fundraiser. And she would show up and do these auctions. And there's a lot of auctioneers that do that. It's a really cool side thing for a lot of people. But there's not a lot of us that special in it that only like we said we just went to the master class of it there were 16 people the in best the of the best world. in the world i mean like billions of dollars are raised from this world all the way i mean from new york city to florida we had someone that came out of san francisco california from all over came in to learn how to do what we call the paddle raise or the special appeal better and we were focusing on that mission-based fundraising where do you meet this was, um, we were just here in Arizona. but oh, there's, I mean, here? Yeah, so there's a couple different classes that are offered. There's different ways. And you, you know, it's like anything. You want to be the, the best and the head of your game and see really what the future is. Well, it's so, like photography. I mean, there's there you have conferences and there's yeah. education, but then there's like that upper echelon or like within, you know, marketing or. or well, even the event planning. I mean, I've, yeah. it's funny how we all have had a piece of what events look like. Right. And it's a different view altogether, but it's definitely something bringing that excitement in is like truly the best piece that it, you can do. It comes down to experience. Mm. And, and, and within any event, it, that's the lasting impression that's going to live in the guest or within the donor's heart as they leave. Mm-hmm. It, it's really that experience or like a customer experience or a listening experience, whatever that is. We want to make it fun. We want to make it engaging. We want that to leave that lasting impression from beyond that and that's I mean just like with any business that's out there it's creating that optimum experience well, it's funny because when I saw you today I remembered your shoes that you were wearing at K2 and I don't know if you remember but <laughs> no. it was like this excitement I'm like this guy's fun yeah like it was like bright orange or like it was just like fun yeah and, and yeah. you were just out there just having a ball it wasn't even like work for you well no and that's what I that's why I love my job so much is that I get to do what what I absolutely love and which is really fun for me and they all say you know when you find that you'll never work a day in your life and now we together have found that, you know, over years and years of practice and, and perfection of our profession, that we now get to do that and go have a great time and create a great experience. Because when we're having fun on the stage or on the dance floor with the microphone and we're engaging everybody that's there, now they're going to have fun. Because you've been to those events where it's kind of weird, right? And yeah. kind of icky. And then what, what, when you think back to that night, then you feel kind of like that. And then you think about the organization, you're kind of like, ugh. We're looking on the other side. We want everybody to have a great experience and everybody to have a great time because then they associate that experience with the nonprofit and they're like, no, K2 is doing good work. Aunt Rita's is doing good work. Boys and Girls Club are doing good work because that's how, that, that's the direct relationship that they have with the organization on that night. And then that lives on in their hearts throughout the year because now we're at the end of the year 
and you get those letters or those emails that say, hey, we, we want a donation or help us with this or whatnot, and now it brings you back to that night. Oh, I love everything that they do. I'm going to write them some type of donation check. So how did this start for you? Like, we know the generation here, but how did this become your... I never, ever wanted to be an auctioneer. My stepdad's been an auctioneer as long as I've been alive. My mom met him, and I'm like, this guy is crazy. No way. I want a real job. I'm going to go to ASU, and I'm going to be an engineer, and I'm going to be you know, be in that space. And then I took my first engineering class and I'm like, these people are boring. Hold on. We need to, we need to figure something out. So then, you know, I'm paying for my own tuition and my own books and my own rent and everything that happens when you go to ASU. And my stepdad was like, Hey, I know you need some money. Why don't you come work at the auto auction with me as my assistant as kind of like my, you know, as, as my, what we call our ringman. And, and so I went there and I was like, Hey, this is kind of fun. We get to kind of hoot and kind of holler. I always wanted to be on the radio. So I was listening to Dave and I was like, man, I want to figure that out. And then, you know, one thing led to another and I, you know, completely fully funded my, my ASU experience paid for all of that. And then I was like, well, I want to make real money. Then I decided, okay, well, maybe I do want to be the auctioneer. So then I went to auctioneer college, uh, the Worldwide College of Auctioneering in Mason City, Iowa. Aaron went there as well, too. And and then one thing led to another. And then I, I, I had practiced, and you keep getting better. And then the auto auctions, they trust you. They're kind of like... We okay, you be the auctioneer now instead of the the apprentice on the floor. You be the auctioneer, and then you know that. So that led into a a full time job. But at the end of the day, I was selling used cars to used car dealers. Where's that put me in the grand scheme of life? Kind of below pond scum. So (laughs) I was like, wait, I need to figure out. We love the car industry. (laughs) Love the car industry. (laughs) However, it it wasn't giving me the warm and fuzzies. It was. I I just kind of was like, wait, I want to be able to help change the world, and how I'm gonna gonna do this. So then organizations, schools, they find out that we're auctioneers. Hey, you should come out and have some fun with us and help us raise some money. And I did that a few times. And then one private school, we, we went in one year and then we came back the next year to help plan just a little bit. And they're like, did you see the gym you helped us build? I'm like, I didn't swing any hammers or lay any bricks. They're like, no, you helped us raise money. So now we have a gym. I'm like, whoa, light bulb goes off. And then I went and did an event for the uh, for the Make a Wish organization, and they're like, "That is the most money we have ever raised ever." And because of your help, you're able to help these kids and help us fund their wishes. I'm like, "Whoa, wait a minute! That's all I want to do, and that's all I want to specialize in." So that's about five years ago. I took some advanced education through the National Auctioneers Association and built my network and built my brand, which is Call to Auction. And now five years later, this is all I do. Uh, just a few weeks ago, I made the decision to jump into fundraising fully. I don't do any auto auctions anymore. Okay. I only specialize so in fundraising. So did that stop recently? And just recently, yeah. Oh, wow. That's why he's actually able to be here today. I know. We had right? a so that was the whole thing about getting him in here. Yeah. yeah, so I'm excited to celebrate that. And then Aaron, you know, Aaron has a, a very similar business, which is Star Benefit Auctions. And we have really joined our powers and kind of looked at how the industry is evolving where auctions within fundraising events are shrinking like everybody sees the silent auction but everybody has enough stuff we can just go on amazon and buy it and have it at our door Mm -hmm. so people are just kind of like yeah we don't need any more stuff we just want to give so we've combined our our efforts and combined our superpowers and have looked at this to where events they want great experiences but donors just want to give so what we've decided is to create a company called inspire hearts fundraising that focuses on that special appeal that focuses on that that paddle raise that focuses on mission focused events to to let everybody that comes to these events to have have a good time and, and make a donation. So so that's kind of been the evolution, you know, within all of this of where it brings us to where we are actually today. So why did you pick that name? Inspire Heart Inspire Hearts Fundraising. 
Because, <laughs> okay, so the marketing piece is always what I'm curious about. Like yes. what, and, and I love the call to auction. Yes. That was a great name. So Mine's you, Star Benefit Auctions. Yeah, yeah, so where where does that all inspire you from? <laughs> Those are all our cards. Um, well, I think there's 15 cards on the table right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just we feel like we have 15 personalities sometimes. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Welcome to the world of entrepreneurship. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, you know we. So I think a lot of kind of what Bobby's talked about is, and what you kind of mentioned on is, he is fun on stage, and we have a great time. We we know, you know, we have this great ability to be on stage and be entertaining and and make people feel good giving, and so we love that. But what really our our real superpower is, is behind the scenes, is setting up, preparing, working with our nonprofits, seeing what their need is, speaking their mission. So when we show up that day, it might look like, yeah, we're out there having a great time and not doing any work, but we have put in hours of planning and preparation with the nonprofit before we get to the stage. With a focus on mission-based fundraising, because we're there to help inspire the hearts of the donors to fund the missions of the organizations we're with. That's kind of where it came from because there's a psychology and there's a science behind fundraising. And when we can do it and really tug at those heartstrings, it helps open the purse strings. Well said. That should be a motto on a T-shirt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, so in the photography world, well, and this applies for so many other industries, if, if they're not crying, they're not buying. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we want to, we want to, we want to kind of, like you say, tug at that heartstring and, 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 and help them to shed those tears. But then they're like, well, okay, I'm crying and my heart is aching. And, and, and there's these kids that need this and we're able to help. But, but, but how do I help? How am I involved? Especially with the new kind of evolution with millennials. Yeah. I mean, we've had tons of, of questions about the millennial gift because that's the new donor base. I mean, that's the new people coming into the nonprofit market. So you're saying like, well, how do I, what do I do with these, you know, younger generations of givers? What do I do with this new expendable income? Like how, how do we use it in a nonprofit world? How can we change the world with it? And what's really cool for us is that, you know, I work, I work a lot in these kind of seminars and talking to my groups about it is that um, they, millennials are taught we, were, we can change the world. Like from birth, you're right. like, you can be anything you want and do anything and change the world. And now they stand there like, how? Just tell me how and I'm going to do it because you told me I could. So how do I do it? And we get the opportunity to stand in front of them and be like, okay, you can be part of this. If you do this with us, raise your paddle right now. Join us right now for an inspirational gift. You can be part of changing whatever the organization is at that time. And so they get really excited and engaged in it. And that's, that's where we have found this like new love and and really it's funny because we come from these huge auction backgrounds world champ generational we love it we're auctioneers yeah absolutely yeah. and and love auctions but we go into a lot of our groups now and we're like hey that's not what we need to focus on we're telling we're telling organizations to stop doing auctions auctioneers telling people to stop doing auctions and they're like what so so what do we do we're telling them it's time to start doing philanthropy true philanthropic work and allowing your donors to fund the mission. So we, I mean, and, and it's just like with any business, you have to stay ahead of the curve. You have to look at the evolutions and the changes and what are the new generations that are coming up. And that's why we created Inspire Hearts Fundraising to look at this from a higher level. Is yeah, everybody loves auctions. Everybody loves the five hundred dollars donor. Now you're not gonna get you know. But but that's just one little tool that that makes people it smile. Does. It's yeah, like it's wow, <laughs> it's fun. But then how do we utilize that to make a true change within the world? And and that's what it is. It's creating that engaging and exciting fundraising experience. I love what you said earlier about realizing the difference you made at that school, but not even knowing it the time you were doing it. That's right. 
And yeah. I think we downplay the difference that we actually have the ability to do, like the, the impact that we actually can create in this world. So there is something with the new generation that's actually seeing the connection and what we can cause. And they see it faster. I mean, the influence that they actually receive out of social media. I mean, they're just doing things automatically and creating a movement. I and mean, it's so wonderful when they realize they're doing it on purpose. Yeah, so Aaron, so what was it that changed it for you then? So we hear that, you know, Bobby had his kind of moment and had that school moment. What was it that kind of changed it for you? Well, I actually, so my, my mom sold equipment and so, and she would do these fundraisers on the side. So I would help her out. I would show up and be like her little assistant, you know, sell raffle tickets at her events and stuff. And so I always knew about it and she'd be glamorous. She was so beautiful. She'd show up in these long sequin gowns and, and I was like, wow, I don't know what you're doing, but it's so good, you know. And so and then I grew up. I, I decided I absolutely hated auctions. I wanted nothing to do with them because it's my family business. And you can't learn anything from your family. Traveled the world. I lived in um, all over the world. Every, I don't know, four different countries. I went to makeup school. I work in the high fashion industry in New York City. Worked backstage at fashion shows. Did all of these things. And every time it kept being like, I, I just felt like I'm, I don't know, like it wasn't enough. You know, you'd be like working for somebody else, which hurts when you've grown up in a world, you know, raised by a mom who never worked for somebody else. She ran her own company. So, you know, you're like, ah, oh, this feels weird. I'm not excited about this. And so I call, you know, graduate college, put, you know, put my family through taking care of my tuition and my life and all this. What were you studying? Boring engineering too? or <laughs> Women's studies. Okay. Women's studies. And then I got into art history and I was kind of like, maybe I'll be an art auctioneer also back to that English style. So that was not my superpower. Um, so I, yeah, women's studies. My mom's like, what are you going to do with that? And I'm like, oh, something awesome. <laughs> Change the world. Um, and I, and I thought about, you know, really women's empowerment. I really, I believed very strongly in it, especially being raised by a strong single mom with an entrepreneur. So, um, I, I graduated school and she's like, well, now what? And I was like, well, I'm ready. And she's like, ready for what? And I'm like, I'm going to auction school. And she's like, you hate auctions. Like, <laughs> wait wow. a minute. And I was like, I'm not going to do what you do. And she's like, oh, really? What are you going to do? I was like, I don't want to get as dirty as you. Because my mom's out there working in fields, like selling dump trucks. She's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, fundraising. So I opened Star Benefit Auctions about 13 years ago and have wow. only done nonprofit auctions. So, it, you know, I took over some of her events. And like I said, she did it on the side. So she would go in a little bit, have fun that night. But, but it wasn't delving deeper. It wasn't really giving the power that we knew we had. So um, I started working, you know, just doing more consulting, spending more time. And it's been, you know, an evolution and a lot of, I don't know, just experiential changes. I, I just got one of my favorite calls that I've ever gotten from a client. Um, we started doing this fun thing at the end. Um, I bring a bottle of champagne. I get this bottle of champagne. Um, yeah, pass it around. I think I raised, I don't know, an extra like $6,000 with this bottle of champagne because it's like this fun thing we do at the end. So the guy that bought it was the executive director. He ends up buying it for $500 donation. Anyway, everybody contributes. So they call me up, and this is about three months ago, and they're like, Aaron, we finally had a chance to sit down and break open that bottle of champagne, and we want you to know that we toasted you. They're wow. like, because without you, and they're you know in New York, and they're like, homeless men in our community were homed because of you. You brought us in a third over our goal, and it, it is because of you, we actually have more men in our shelter and in our homes than we would have had. And they're like, it's, it's absolutely without a doubt because of you, and we toasted you. And I was like... Okay, now I, you know, it's that, it's that reinformation that you're doing the right thing, that you're in the right place. That's Almost so like cool. chokes you up a bit. 
Well, anytime you mention the uh, champagne, by the way, at least it gets all glittery. Let's take a break. Oh, so. We're going to have some champagne right now. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> well, if we would have known that, we would have brought our, our favorite brand of champagne, Vouv Clouclo. Oh, I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's... I have about three bottles at home right now. Yeah. And I won't open them. Oh, no, do it. Yeah, I, I have friends that are like, just open one. And I'm yeah. like, no, 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 yeah. open no, 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 no. Open one. Open one. We'll bring you open one it. next time, all right? <laughs> I'll go buy another one. I'm like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. But we, we actually actually do have to take a break. Does anyone want to take us there? Quickly? All right, let's go. We're going to take a break. Again, we're here with Marketing Money Mindset. Not going to get no dare five out of the 10 to 20. Not going to get 30 to bear. Well, I went down to the ground and Ever get lost in conversation or tuned out during a boring presentation or meeting? Who hasn't? Frame the Message, Inc. is here to rid the world of tired and disengaged audiences and bring joy back into learning. In today's world, visuals are the hook that draws in learners, so why not use them to amplify your message? Engage and empower your audience to take action through the inspiring art of visuals. Frame the Message, Inc. provides live graphic recording services to help you ink your think. To find out how you can spruce up your next presentation, visit framethemessageinc.com. That's framethemessageinc.com. Are you ready for swimsuit season? Let's face it, we all have those pesky areas that are stubborn to diet and exercise. We have just the solution for you. Introducing the FDA-approved Ultra Shape Power for powerful fat burning. The Ultra Shape Power is body contouring at its best at 32% fat reduction. The strongest and most effective body contouring device on the market. Painless, no downtime, and you can see the results in as little as two weeks. Call LifeScape Premier to schedule your free consultation with Noel, their very own certified laser specialist and national trainer. Call 480-860-5500 or visit www.lifescapepremier.com to learn more. Welcome back to Marketing Money Mindset. The place where clever marketing, creating money, and the conscious mindset intersect. With your hosts, Elisa Sparks Lane and Everardo Kimi. I think millions might be my favorite filler word. Millions. 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 All right, we're back with the fast talkers. So how do, okay, what does auctioneer college look like? Like, what's uh, a class like? What's uh, a test like? <laughs> well, well um, where, we, where we attended Auctioneer College, it was in Mason City, Iowa. Population, 250 people. It's a 10-day program, and it's at the Best Western, and you come in, and, and, and you learn every aspect about the auction industry. I mean, they, I mean auctioneers touch $3 trillion in assets in a year. The best wines, the best art, the best real estate— the best of everything, the best automobiles are sold at auction. So this, I mean, it's a micro, micro, micro niche of an industry, but we have such a broad impact 
across the world as far as asset relocation. And these auctioneer colleges, they teach you all different aspects. It's kind of a taste test of all these different things. And then you find out which niche that you want to go within. And that's one aspect of that. And then the other aspect of that is how do you make that auctioneer sound? And I'm an instructor at the Western College of Auctioneering up in Billings, Montana. Uh, it's uh, If anybody wants to know, it's auctionschools.com. Uh, but then I do a lot of bid call coaching because that's what, that's what it is. It's called the bid call or the bid chant, the auctioneer chant. And you start very, very simple. And, and anybody, anybody can learn this. I mean, it's just numbers and rhythm. It's, you know, it's, it's all count together. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then you put a little, little bit of rhythm in it. And, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, Makes ten. Makes me smile every time. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, then, and then we teach how to put in what, you know, like Aaron was saying, filler words, which is like, you know, the million dollar, anybody want to bid? Can you bid? Let's go. Anybody go? And five, I don't dare. Not going to get two, three. Not going to get four, five. Anybody bid five? Bid, you know, and I'm just saying, now can you bid? Anybody bid? Dollar bidder now? Whatever that is. And then it's learning of how to build that into that melodic hypnotizing song that people are just like, ah, take my money. But see, it is interesting, (laughs) though, because listening to you two, like, you can still understand what you're saying, but then maybe auctioneers got a bad rap or a bad image at some point in time because then you couldn't understand what they were actually saying or what they were doing. Well, that's (laughs) the difference between a good auctioneer and a great auctioneer. (laughs) Okay. A good auctioneer is more like, about 500, about 600, or the one that doesn't really take the craft At the end, you're like, what did I spend? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then you kind of like get that like, Ugh! and then or people are afraid to, to bid or afraid to give. But then like Aaron and myself, we really focus on our craft to making sure that we are effective communicators because that's what we're doing. That's all we're doing is we're just communicating. We're, we're you know, the bid right now is it. Right. And we're so we also work in, in nonprofits. So how many people have, are, are avid auction goers when you go to an event? How many auctions do you go to? And then you just were at K2. So you were at an auction, but like how many do you go to? So most people are not, and especially like New York, they're not used to the fast It pace. might be the only auction they go to ever in their ever. entire life. Oh, wow. So you have to be clear. You have to be concise and really convey what you're saying, but like also have fun with it and excite them. So with auction school, what's super fun about auction school is that you get people that are now selling a million different things. So all they teach you really is how to count. My favorite thing to teach um, that they count is two and a halves because everybody can count by ones, twos, fives, tens, but when you count by two and a halves and they just go two and a half, five, seven and a half, ten, twelve and a half, fifteen, seventeen and a half, twenty, twenty-two and a half, twenty-five, you get up to a hundred and then you do it backwards, ninety-seven and a half, oh, 95, wow. 92 and a half, 90, 87 and a half, 85, 82 and a half. Right. So that is somewhere in my brain stuck. And then we call it auction amnesia because I don't have any idea what numbers I've said. Like, I don't have a clue. It's just like, it's like taking a drink. Like you just don't even think about it. But when we're on stage, what we're doing is reading body language. We're reading your mind. We're telling if you're going to bid again. So that's something that over time is like a process of learning. So the, so the auction school prepares you so that those numbers just flow from your body. And what you have to learn basically on your own through experience or mentorships or working through up the ranks in different auctions is how to read a, a giver, a donor, an auction, a buyer, um, and really just understand like, oh, that, that – couple right there is in the middle of a little spat and I think she's going to win. So let's give him another minute here and work it out. Or oh, let's just move away here from me. Let's make everybody feel it's good. It's learning, the, you know, what is the right thing to say at the right time? I mean, it's just like any sales process. You know, sure. how can I get, how do we get to the yes yeah. kind of thing? But our sales process sometimes is a minute, two minute, three minutes. Like when I was at the auto auction, I was selling 600 automobiles in a day. We were selling two to three cars a minute. 
and it's fast. And and I'm working with internet bidders that I don't have any communication with, but they have different bidding techniques. With so the, you've got a team around this as well. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's yes. working on this. Yeah, and then we have our bidders in front mm-hmm. of us, and we have to read that body language. It's like, okay, what can I say to that person to get them to say yes? And then when we're at these fundraising events, you know, if we're selling the item, what can we get them to say yes? But most importantly is how can we inspire them as donors to raise their bid cards and what is it that they, or what's important to them within the mission. So let's tell them that, let's inspire them, let's give them that opportunity to to be a part of this movement that we, that we have within the room. And a lot of that is that body language. How do we interact with people? How do we, we make that connection, especially in this world of social media, of electronic communication, there's a, there's a huge disconnect within that. We're trying to bring in touch, not tech, to these mm-hmm. different types of events. So with your team, how relatable are you with them? Like, do they know the mission? Do they know what it's expected? And yeah. like, are you yeah. able to read them at the same time? And it's like, okay, that couple's wanting it. And I mean, I love when they're like yelling in the audience right. too. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and, that, and that's, yeah, and that's a big thing. Is there's that auction ESP that goes yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, so we use, because we are auction industry people, we, and, and professionally, we use auctioneers on the floor. So our team is actually trained auctioneers. Oh, they are. So they actually are doing the same thing, but on the floor in a different way. And so to communicate, so we work together a lot. You know, one of us will be on the floor, one of us will be on the stage. We, we share the same brain, but two different mouths. Yeah. So we can, you know, recently we had an event and literally just had to look at them and say, hey, we've got, you know, some entertainment over here. We've got, you know, I can just we can just share information. There are ways to communicate like I know what he needs in terms of a in terms of a buyer. If I've got a buyer, like I said, on the other side of an 800 person room and she needs a minute to work it out, if she can figure out to go the next bid, I can communicate with him on the other side, talking to his other buyer who's bidding and say, OK, you know, like we're just moving this along. And sometimes He's it's a hand it. signal or even just a look but like, got it. And, OK, all right. Or mm-hmm. or be like, come on, give them a little bit more or something like that. And then and then there's that communication and like that auction ESP that works together that we know. And, and it's all to help to make that experience better but then to make them give a, a and bit they more. all feel the 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 love from us you know we're standing up there and we are there for the mission we are there you know so we when we first walked in we saw dave and so dave was at an event and we recently sold um the uh, the opportunity to be on one of his shows right yeah, to so, have a tell or to have his own their own radio show so we're you know at this nonprofit, and so we're two sides of the room and we have two different bidders. And there was one woman who just really wanted it. She wanted it so bad, but it had gone above where she thought it was going to go financially. She was just like, oh, I just don't know. And so he, you know, he can't be dealing with both buyers at the same time. Additionally, we wanted to have a communication with Dave and say, hey, man, this is going pretty good. How do you feel about two of them? Mm-hmm. And so we had to have that communication. So all of that is going on at the same time. And so there's three people working one item. So it's not just the person on stage communicating back and forth, but there's me saying to this lady, like, come on, you sure you want to go one more time? She's like, I really do. I'm just scared. I'm just not sure. And he's, you know, talking to the other guy, like, how are you feeling? He's like, I'm loving this. I totally want this. And then we've got somebody talking to Dave, and Dave's like, I could do two of those. You know, like, and it it was just a neat kind of, it's a mix, but that's kind of, there's all that going on. Like I said, the number part of it, which you see, everybody sees the fun, and we, you know, we look like we're having this, like, amazing, great time, which we are. It's like a show within the show. It is. We call it live auction theater yeah yeah and everybody gets to be a part of that and everybody is an actor in that mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and we get to kind of be the the orchestrators of of all of that, and and it's controlled chaos at that time because once you get into the event, you let it loose, and it's just like, okay, what's going to happen is going to happen, and and how do you navigate that and orchestrate that to where our end result is? We want to raise as much money as possible, but we want to create the best experience for everybody that's that's involved for the the donors and the guests that are there but then also for the the organization for their committee for their board members for their volunteers that put in a lot of time and work within that and then we play that role of we're the ones that they trust with the microphone to sell the mission to 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 engage as many people but then to provide that fantastic experience that lives on and that's the end goal is it's yes we're going to raise a lot of money but it's the impact that we're having in the community with what this organization provides and usually that's the day that makes the difference it, it, that's it. it it can be a complete game changer mm-hmm. for some organizations and and just completely change the trajectory yeah. of their fundraising f- from that point forward because not only are we having a good time we're creating a great experience we're raising a lot of money but now we're also identifying new donors. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a true donor acquisition opportunity, just like any business acquisition. I mean, you're, you're there, you want to try to get in front of as many people as possible. You want to share what you, you know, this is what here, this is how we're here to help. And that's what the organizations do that they're there to help the world. And then these donors get to be a part of that. And then from that, then they say, thank you. And then there's that more of that cultivation process. And then they get more donor uh, don- donations and kind of but we also, I mean, it's also really scary because this can be make or break for an organization. I have had people that have ha- said, hey, you know, we were going to have an event, but our doors had to close. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you've got a salary on the line. Sometimes you've got an entire program funding that's going to happen. You know, just as much as you say, you know, yeah, we we homed these people. Well, if we hadn't had success that night, how many people would be on the streets because of it? Mm-hmm. So it's a ton of pressure Again, we we make it look like it's a great time, but we are really connected and really supportive. So we are up there saying, like, if this doesn't go well, what is it up against? And, and you know, everybody has to feel good, and we've got to make money, and there's a lot of pressure on the line because it can be game-changing. could be. And what we ask our potential clients is, like, okay, what is this worth? I mean, you have one night. This is the biggest fundraiser. This is the biggest donor acquisition opportunity. This is the where you're going to be able to tell your mission. Who are you going to trust with the microphone? Are you going to trust a trained professional with tens of thousands of hours experience within this? Or are you going to hand it off to the MC that maybe has to read from a script on a television all the time? Or maybe it's a celebrity that is really good in front of a movie camera, but they have no idea how to ask people for money or how to make people feel good or how to be able to participate within this. Like, Are you going to gamble this one moment that you have with, with an amateur with someone that's a volunteer, and then they kind of like, oh, no, 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 we don't want to do that. So is that part of the education that you have, or is that just the experience that you've put in? Both. Both. I mean, So that's ju- part of your, your classes as well. Like yeah. There's the, the money piece and asking for the money and being a part of that as well. Is there also a piece that actually engages the business side for your organization, like you personally? Absolutely, and and that's what's fantastic about you know being a part of the National Auctioneers Association is they have some advanced level business training. There's a a, a class. It's a three year program called the Certified Auctioneers Institute that teaches us how to be better business people. That tell it teaches us how to you know how to write proposals, how to work the back end of the business, how to uh, you know really CYA and and how to and how to run and and, and create a more uh, successful business yeah there's a ton of legal stuff that has to be done about it there's a lot of taxes that have to be taken care Personnel, of there's, there's of licensing in different states and different towns there's a lot of so you, there's a hard so when you you know your first auction school is like uh you know 
I don't know, auction high school, basically, you know, get it to your base level, and then you can continue on your education. There are, uh, the National Auctioneers Association provides different courses, so we are benefit auction specialists. There's a course that you take, it's a five-day course, and they teach you how to be the best benefit auctioneers and provide what a benefit, what, you know, fundraiser needs. The best of the best, and there's right. only 200 of us in the entire nation, and so there's 1% sitting in front of you right now. <laughs> So wait, you have to be licensed in some cases or in some states? In some states, yeah. Yeah. There's some that like you can't even do any type of auction at all. And some of the licensing is very difficult. Um, in <laughs> There are some places where you can go to jail if you don't have a license. Interesting. Because you're pitching or asking for that type of money? Or what's the yeah. premise behind that? They want, they want to make sure that that person, I mean, just like practicing anything. I mean, if you're practicing law, if you're practicing real estate, you have to have a real estate license. Medicine. Medicine. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They want to make sure that that person is insured and bonded and has, has had adequate training. So maybe like a higher level of integrity. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. What, what would be some of the insurance requirements then that you have? Or, or yeah, you know, errors and emissions, you know, is, is one piece. Uh, general liability that you have to, I mean, we carry a lot of general liability, you know, just in case something happens. You just, you just never know. So that's, Did you ever have a situation where like, I didn't bid that? It's happened. Yeah. And yeah. is that part of what holds uh, you a know, space in, for that? In, in, in case somebody does, you know, take us to court, that, that, that's there. More times than not, you know, we have the conversations and we, we work it out on the, on the back end. But by being true professionals, the volunteer, the MC, the celebrity, they don't carry that type of coverage. Whereas us, we are professionals. We have to invest in that, you know, in that, in that, in that legal protection. Sounds like the behind the behind the scenes. Oh, behind the behind the scenes. Oh, and and then like you said, you know, building your business. I mean, then there's a whole nother marketing world of how do we identify our ideal clients? You know, who do we best serve? And then how can we get in front of them? I mean, we both have, I mean, we have websites. She has starbenefitauctions.com. I have calltoauction.com. We have inspireheartsfundraising.com. And then we have to manage all that social media behind that. Do you manage it all? A lot of it. A lot of it, yeah. We're so ever outsource or some, create sometimes. a team? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I work with a virtual assistant that right. manages a lot of the back end from that. I do work with a, a marketing expert that helps me to uh, manage my funnel. We actually just built a whole brand new marketing funnel for Inspire Hearts Fundraising. If you go to howtodoapaddleraise.com, there's a video funnel there. They sign up. They put their email in. We give them an hour of video and audio content for nonprofits that want to learn how to do a paddle raise. And then from that, then we have those touch points and all those different things. So it's just like, you know, this radio program is a marketing opportunity for you to, you know, to share this is our expertise. You know, we do put on seminars. We do different workshops. We do a lot of public speaking, like with uh, the Association of Fundraising Professionals. We, 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 We teach. We give. We give our best stuff away so that at the end of the day, they're like, well, those are the experts and those are the people that we want to talk to because... They want to see a high ROI of their fundraising investment and of their fundraising event because, again, it could come down to one night that they that 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 everything hinges on. So let's get the best in the room. So on the community side of all this, are there videos or are there um, information that you give out, like blogs? And I know we're doing something right now that actually is giving benefits to yeah. people. So is that something that you currently do on a regular basis? All the time. Yeah. All the time. And is there a favorite for you? Like, I love speaking in public. Like, I love the show. Is there a favorite for you? I, yes. Public speaking is is one of my favorite things. Teaching people. Like, I love, love, love doing auctions. But we we were just in Long Island a couple weeks ago presenting for, the, for AFP, and we gave a seminar on how to raise the bar when you raise the paddle at your fundraising event. And I, I was on fire after that. I was like, I love doing auctions, but I love doing seminars. Yeah. I mean, it's it's cool. It's, it's so, it's, and it, 
all the time you meet people that are like, you do what? I, I've never met somebody that does that. And especially as a woman, there is, um, I think, 13% of all auctioneers are female. 13%. Wow. So there are not a lot of us out there doing it. And, you know, it's very difficult to get it, to push ahead and get forward with it. And so a lot of times I'll meet people and they're just like, I don't even understand. Like, tell me more about what you do or talk fast, you know, yeah. <laughs> right? like us. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, we're going to have these cool. fast talkers and now they come in and they're like, what well, you do? What? You, you change the world? How do you do that? Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of that. like, And so we like to just try to educate people that it is more than that. And if you can find somebody that can do more than that, you're going to be in a better position. So well, It goes back to your why. I mean, that's like the big thing. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? Like, mm-hmm. What's the impact you're creating? What's the growth? What's Well, and in yeah. a lot of professions, too, like yours, too, is people only see a small percentage of that. And so their whole perception is that, oh, you just get to sit up there and talk fast. And like you said, like you have so much research, so much history and so much knowledge that goes into these events, prepping, planning, executing and doing everything that, you know, really that's your that's your 80, 20. Like your 20 percent is maybe the fast talking in that part of it. And maybe the 2 percent is, is doing the rest. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, we, I mean, that's what we're excited that we're good at. So, you know, that's fun. But like there's a lot of times. I mean, you remember what Bobby's shoes were that night. You know, yeah. I wear yeah. Christian Louboutins just because people are like, I remember, I remember those shoes. <laughs> and carries a bottle of champagne with her everywhere. Exactly. Everywhere. Yeah. I've got my... You two are I'm so much alike. Than, yeah. <laughs> it's the New York. Uh, it's that's the fun. New York, the champagne, the shoes. Like this is good. Watch out, Bobby. She might take her. <laughs> <laughs> Just for a little We're bit. Hanging I need her back. We're hanging out. We're hanging out. We'll add red to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that could be a dinner party in itself. The wine, the champagne, the conversation, and all these personalities. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that'd be fun. And we, we do have to open up that bottle of yours and several more. Well, no. Yeah. I, all three? You know what? We've, we we always have Vuv with us. We'll bring the champagne. Woo! I love yes. it. Totally. There's something fun about it. So I have a, a lot of friends around me, and we always have the saying, like, Create more things we can celebrate. Like, just have a life that you're always celebrating. Yeah. And let's do that. But yeah. even then, like, we talked about it a little bit on Thanksgiving where so many people only do certain things for, like, that one holiday or something. And so, what, you don't celebrate or you do anything else for 364 days? Like, come on, it's Tuesday. You woke up. Like, open it up. Right? I'm talking about that bottle. Like, now, let's just go. Like, it's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> like, we had some yesterday. Yeah, we had a little pink champagne last night but a lot of times like um you know and i have friends with that'll come over and i they look at the wine collection like oh what's your most expensive bottle i'm like well you know it's it's this one or it's that one like oh what are you saving it for i'm "I'm not i'm gonna open it here pretty soon you know because that's the whole point of it is oh you live a life of celebration like you honestly like love food and you experience it you have fun with it you have great friends i mean that's the beauty of your life well i guess the good or the bad and you know, you talk to so many other people and luckily, like I'm not surrounded by death. And luckily I've been very fortunate with that aspect of it where I, I have a lot of my friends and family still around. But I hear that from so many other people and from doing even from doing events and doing charity work and you hear all these things. It's like, how many times has someone been on a deathbed and just like, I wish I would have done more of this? Right. Well, then the go frickin do it. Yeah, open right? the open the bottle, eat the food, buy the shoes, buy the right? shoes, yeah. buy the shoes, <laughs> <laughs> definitely buy <Yeah>. the shoes. <laughs> So, I walk through the shoe department every time I come up here on Tuesday. <laughs> every time. It doesn't help that you're across the street from Nordstrom's, right? Oh, I go through Neiman Marcus. Well, she goes <laughs> through <laughs> Neiman on the way to get here, yeah. yeah. So it's actually funny when we brought other guests to the show, like when, I, when we give directions, we're like, well, you know, park here. And <laughs> depending on who the guest is, we're like, do not come through Neiman. 
<laughs> Walk through because the then we don't actually see them for the show. They're like, oh, I bought a new pair of shoes. But what better motivation? I mean, you, you want those things in life. And it's like, well, no, I need to build a business so that I can have those nice things. But more importantly, how do I make a difference in the world so that I can give back? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, applying all the great stuff that you were all talking about here on the, on the show. It's, it's like, no, we can have those things and we can give those things because we just never know when something's going to happen and, 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 and it's going to all be over. So well, and, and it's a fun, the now. fun time to play plan ahead for that. Like right now you're thinking about 2018 hopefully. Mm-hmm. And like, what are you up to? Like I'm causing my vacation times and what do I have to do to cause that? And what level vacation that's going to be. So there's definitely different ways of looking at life. So when you're looking ahead, plan and, and fit it in and pop right. some champagne while you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 May, may raise that bid card. Buy that trip yes. to Hawaii. You know, do it. Make a difference. May, and make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. So Please. we're going to get links posted to Facebook and all a bunch of um, social media channels. Yes. And that, Hopefully like see that. some of these shoes. Yeah. Great, yeah. Oh, yeah. For I sure. saw the nice shoe. Picture. Oh, it was good, yeah, right? I was, I was actually going to share that. Well, that and nice. I've got a couple <laughs> pictures of Bobby that I'll post on there. So, um, some blackmail ones, some not. Oh, so we'll good okay. time. I, yeah. You know what? And now with the new kind of step I'm taking in life, I got to get some new headshots too. So I know a guy. Uh, you know a guy? I, I know, a guy. know a guy. I know a guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. This has been so cool. I've been so excited to have you guys on here, and I'm I'm glad that the the Tuesday opportunity finally like switched around because we've been yeah. going back and forth with like the moons have aligned yeah I was surprised because this is event season like this is where it's happening I'm it surprised yeah. we were able to get you out well we're at the end of the season uh we've got I have one more event uh, this Saturday night for the Arizona Burn Foundation guess who's coming catchy from America's Got Talent is going to oh. be singing at that event that oh, night so cool. that'll be our biggest event here in in Arizona and then we fly back to New York and we've got an event out there yeah, so in New York we do midweek events, but out here you do more weekend events. So we oh. head back, we've got a couple events there, and then then we're done. So for a and little we, while at least. And then we go to Kauai for New Year's. Nice. Yeah, we do. All right, gang. Well, thank you so, so much for great. being on the show. You guys want to close this out? Yeah, yeah, Bobby, take it. Here, us let's out. go back and forth. All right, oh, you oh, start. Yeah, you back and forth. How are we doing? You go. Go ahead. Out here, not gonna get nailed today. Let's go. Ten, twenty, up here, not gonna get thirty, forty, forty, fifty. Fifty, gonna go sixty, and sixty, gonna go sixty, and seventy, gonna go seventy, have it seventy, and then eighty, eighty, got eighty, gonna go eighty. Yeah, no daddy, no here, not gonna hundred here, not gonna get twenty, five, fifty, not gonna get seventy, five, about two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, no here, not gonna get five, six. Six hundred, seven, and everybody knows what my favorite four-letter word is, right? Going once, going twice, and it's sold. Thank you guys. We'll see you guys next week.